a new topic to talk about internalized homophobia. Um, I've had a lot of observations with it lately, especially being a gay performer. Uh, I've talked about it previously in little parts of the podcast, but I'm just going to sum up my thoughts on it um, in a way that maybe you might start to understand certain behaviors that you might witness from people and think, well, why is this happening? Um, or maybe even, you know, see something about yourself and be like, oh, maybe that's why I do that. Um, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to talk about anyone else's internalized homophobia until I talk about my own. So let's talk about some of my shit, or at least the shit I'm presently self-aware of. And maybe there's more to come in the future, but that's what it is to be a human. So, or at least I think. So, I, and I think a lot of, a lot of gay people, when they realize they're gay, if they're sufficiently young enough, well, I wouldn't even say that. I think a lot of people, when they first realize they're gay, they immediately go into, okay, I need to hide this. If not, all out deny it. I never denied it. I was always very content with who I was. I never, until I met other gay people, I never wanted to not be gay. Um, but I, yeah, I was like, I need to hide this. And I never really, like, took on, like, a masculine persona, but I think it baked in my mind that being observably gay was dangerous, which was probably, at the time, true. But that warped into being, being observably gay is bad. Right? So, how does my internalized homophobia show today? Well, I am, as anybody who's listened to this podcast has probably been told a million times, I am a bottom and I prefer to date a more masculine man. Now, cis man. Now, I absolutely would never use any of those words in a dating profile. It's just an observation that I make and a feeling that I have and something I'm open to having my mind changed and meeting someone that like totally changes that for me uh, because I don't want to make anybody feel bad and I don't want to like give the impression that I consider myself superior because I'm looking for the premium gay, the one you can't tell. Like I don't want to be that person. So I never put that out there, but I notice it about myself when I'm actually like looking at potential partners, which isn't good. And if I didn't have maybe the the past that I had or grew up when I grew up, maybe it wouldn't be there. But it is there. And it's something I have to, like, think through and work through and do my best to mitigate. So mine shows up in that way. It also shows up in, and let me be clear, I'm no fucking conservative. And I'm never going to... Think I'm never going to say that people shouldn't do what they feel like doing, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Do your thing. But I will tell you, the recent sort of exploration of gender, realization that gender is a construct, and why not wear women's clothes, and why not sort of be non-binary, and why not? Which, again, why not? Live your life. Be happy. When I see it, there is something in my stomach that goes, oh boy. Not not judgment, not like, 
ew, but just like, like an apprehension. And I think that apprehension is like, it's like, um, when you, oh God, this is going to sound terrible, but I, hopefully you let me unpack this. But like when you feel embarrassed on someone's behalf or you watch something on TV where someone's in danger and you feel in danger, it's a reflection on me. I see it and I'm like, oh God, I would never because I don't want to be found out. You know, I don't want to be, it's that knee jerk reaction, that protective, that, oh my God, please don't see me as a gay person because it's danger, Right gets triggered in me and sometimes I get a little shitty a little, never in my mind because one of the biggest things I, I, I do unless you come at me and ask for it I don't want to make anybody feel bad and whatever issues I have I try to keep them inside my head and not make it someone else's problem uh, so that I can talk about it on a podcast <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so I, I, I know that's not good and I know that's something I have to work on and I assume over time I'll just get more and more uncomfortable. And let me, and let me also be clear, you know, trans rights are human rights. You know, I have been very fortunate to make many trans friends and again, I cannot fathom what it is like to feel like you are not to be misgendered. I, I, it is, it is, it is beyond me to, I can empathize and I can do what I can to make sure that the system treats you correctly and life is fair for you and you're happy. But I, I will never know what that feels like. So it's hard. It's like, wow, I, I will never know what that feels like. In the same way that I will never know what it feels like to be, a woman in this world. I'll never know what it feels like to be, to have a, you know, to be pregnant. You know, there are just things that I just, I will never know truly what it's like. Uh, but, but I have no judgment about anybody with their relationship with their gender, but it does trigger something in me that, that I'm like, why do I, why am I so bothered? I'm bothered. But then like the conscious side of my brain is like, girl, Why? But there's just like this instinct that I think I still have to work on quelling. Anyway, so why do I bring this up? I have a lot, I have a hard time dating that kind of person, right? The more, I've talked about on previous, like a reserved, private quiet, um, zen, more masculine presenting guy being a gay performer. Now, recently has it come to my intention that I am also mask presenting, which like, girl, you could have fooled me. According to everyone I grew up with, I was the sissiest homo in the world. So, the fact that in the grand scheme of things, I actually probably fall more on the masculine. That's a shock to me. I don't feel that way. I feel like a big flaming queen. Like, that's who I think I am. So it's funny to hear from other people that like, yeah, that's not how we perceive you. So that's funny to me. Interesting to me. But anyway, 
to date someone like that, to find someone like that who was interested in me when I was just a lawyer, easy peasy. When I was a law student, easy. When I worked at a, you know, I was at a media company, easy. Being a performer, they don't want it. <laughs> being artistic, being a performer, being a creative makes dating very hard. One of the things I have also noticed is that gay male in particular Cis gay male audiences, especially the white ones, are the worst audiences for a gay person to perform in front of. And if you think that's a wild statement, talk to any of your gay performer friends. They, we all say this. We all say the same thing. Anytime we walk on stage and we see a see a white man, it's like, oh god, this is going to go terrible because they look up. And they see another, someone like them calling attention to themselves by performing. And it weirds them out. They do not like it. They do not want to see it. It is embarrassing, right? In the same way that I talked about the things that I see that, that trigger this like unreasonable, inappropriate, knee-jerk instinct of embarrassment embarrassment on behalf of the other person now i am used to that experience because my mother was always like that if i was performing she looked at the ground she couldn't look at me because she was embarrassed she was supportive but seeing me call attention to myself by performing made her deeply uncomfortable And I may have a little bit of that as well for other gay performers. So maybe I need to like chill on my, I mean, I just need to be more understanding because I think maybe I do it too, a little bit, not as much, but a little bit. But I think a gay white person sees another gay white person draw attention to themselves. And if they're not fully accepted by Hollywood, super, you know, rich and popular and famous, which is sort of like, oh, straight world said they're okay. So I can like this. If they're anything less than that, they don't like it, they don't want it. If they don't like it, they don't want it. The younger generation, I think, is starting to be different, but I haven't noticed enough of a change in the audiences. I hate performing in front of gay white people to the point where I am trying to move out of gay spaces because performing for them is a terrible experience. They don't look at you, they don't they talk to your friends, they turn their backs at you, they roll their eyes, they point, they laugh. Gay white men are some of the cruelest people in the world. Cruelest. I have a better time performing in front of straight bros with my gay-ass self singing my gay-ass songs, dancing like Janet Jackson. I have straight husbands, buttoned-up husbands come up after the show like, man, you're really great. That was so cool. Blah, blah, blah. Never get that from a white gay person. Ne never, not in a million years. I have very recently met someone who I went on a, a two dates with who actually met me by seeing me perform. And he's a white gay person. And he came up after and was like, like, that is what attracted him to me, putting myself out there and being vulnerable. But I think that's a rare case. 
most people, I think most white gay men see another white gay man out there putting himself out there, being vulnerable, and they are, they are, um, embarrassed on my behalf because they're, they would, because they would find that embarrassing. Um, it sucks. Because you think if you're singing about a certain experience, like my experience is the experience of a white gay man. If you think if you're singing about that, if you're making content about your experience, that the people who will be most drawn to you are people who share your experience. And that's probably true for every other niche. Not even just niche, for every other audience, except white gay men. And despite the fact that I'm apparently... Well, I know because of the fact that I'm apparently masculine presenting, it also makes me it seemingly unsupported by the people who now support, you know, gender expression. And because I'm not, I'm not enough of that either. Because I still present like a basic straight boy, so I don't get a lot of support from that community because they're very interested in sort of the as they should be in the gender fuck stuff and the. You know, I mean, even Harry Styles is out here wearing dresses now. Like, you know, like, they want that, and I'm not quite that. I try to be a little more um, experimental in the costume choices and stuff. But, like, I'm just, that's not who I am. So I think it would be um, disingenuous of me to start doing shit like that. It would be appropriating something that's a real experience of someone else in order to, like, gain popularity or, like, get in with a certain audience. And I, I'm not going to fucking do that. I just have to be myself. But, yeah, it puts you in a weird position. So I honestly find that the people who like me the most are, well, I won't say straight or queer, all, uh, women of color. Women of color like this. For the most part, that's my core. That seems to be my core demo. Very hard to find for me to find the right opportunities to perform for that audience. But that's that's where my audience is. So yeah, um, if you are a queer person and you've ever been in an experience where another queer person is performing or hosting, or somehow calling attention to themselves. How does that make you feel? And is it about them, or is it about you? Is it a projection? You know? I think that's something interesting to think about. How many... If you are a gay man listening to this... How many gay men outside of Little Nas X do you subscribe to on Spotify? And and when I say outside outside of Little Nas X, outside of Adam Lambert, outside of you know, outside of the big names that straight society has said, yes, world, you may like these gays. We have put our stamp of approval on these gays. Outside of them, how many do you follow? How many do you actively listen to? What about performers? That aren't in drag. Because I think it's wild and great, but wild that drag. I think if I were a drag queen, you know, and I were good at it, let's not suppose that just because I'm a drag queen, I'm going to be good at it. If I were, like, I think it would be 
It's so funny to now think that that would be easier. It's now easier to gain a gay audience being a drag queen. And I gotta be careful with how I say this. I love drag. But I think... I think what might be the difference, other than just RuPaul's Drag Race being popular and society basically rubber stamping, saying, this is cool, you can like this, gays, is also like the idea that men... Not all men, you know, trans, you know, the, the, what's it called? I don't know if it's, it's an AFAB, it's the queens who are genetically or biologically women that are also drag queens. That, they certainly exist. They belong in the drag community as far as I'm concerned. They, a lot, I mean, trans people seem to be the center of the drag community. Um, but... Seeing, like, it's okay to see a gay man call attention to himself if he's in on the joke by dressing up like a woman. Right? Like, it's like, oh, we all agree this is embarrassing. Okay, I can, like, you're you're doing, like, it's this is obviously a joke. So, like, we can all, you're not taking yourself seriously. And they are. Drag queens do take themselves seriously because they should be taken seriously because it's a legitimate art form. I'm talking about from the perspective of the person who is winces when they see a non-drag gay artist perform versus a drag artist. It's interesting. I get the sense that the dating world is now much kinder to drag queens than it used to be. And yet not for gay male performers. Interesting. Uh, and, and maybe there's a difference between the ones that are like, oh, I'm auditioning to be, I'm an actor, I'm a dancer, I'm auditioning to be in productions that are rubber stamped by society. I think that's different than ones who are like, trying to chase their in individual, you know, trying to be a star themselves. And what it does for me or what it used to do for me, so I used to not have that perspective of like, oh, this is about them. I used to think it was very much about me. They're like, oh, it's because I'm not good. They wince at me because I'm bad and they're embarrassed because I'm bad. And I'm very fucking good. I've gotten enough feedback that I, I know that that's not it. I mean, I'll, sure, I'm sure some people think I'm terrible. But I used to take it very personally. It used to hurt a lot. So I was like, oh, they're embarrassed because they're like, get this person off of the stage. They suck. And they don't know they suck. And the idea of being that level of delusional, being bad, embarrassing themselves and not knowing it to me like hang me from the shower curtain like that that to have that realization would be so devastating and in my darker moments i i go to like oh my god that's what this really is i know that it's not just maybe some of you think it is but i know that it's, that's not true so i'll leave you with my recent experience with this 
So, again, it bothers me because it's not nice to have someone say these things to you. But I now know what it is, right? I was talking to someone on Scruff. We exchanged pictures, yada, yada, yada. I wasn't interested. The profile picture was, for me, attractive. But the album, when I saw it, I was like, mm, I'm not sexually attracted to this person. And they chased me for a while. Constant, hey, hi, how are you? What's up? What are you doing today? Blah, blah, blah. And if I haven't met you, and we haven't had lengthy discussions, I honestly think ghosting is okay. Right? You can just infer from the fact that I'm not reaching back out that I'm not interested on a hookup app. I think it's different on a dating app. It's certainly different in person. But on a hookup app, we're, we all, we're there for a certain purpose. And if the person's not getting back to you, they're like, they're just not that into you, so you should move on. But this guy, like, wouldn't stop. And the messages started getting aggressive. Like, I can't believe you're ignoring me. I can't believe you're, and it's just like, okay, you're goading a response. And I don't want to, like, there's no, there's no way for me to come out of this. Like, responding, hey, sorry, I'm not interested. Well, why didn't you tell me that person? Like, I already, I already had a premonition of what that interaction would be. And it's like, I don't need this. So I just blocked them. I just blocked them. It was like, you should stop. Go find someone who is interested in you. You shouldn't be talking to me anymore. Well, I have my Instagram linked to my scruff because I want, honestly, I want people to see that I'm a performer. So if they have any fucking judgment about that, they can just rule me out before wasting my time. Um, And he got into my DMs on Instagram. How dare you block me on scruff, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just not sure. Well, you should have said that before, this and that. It's like, you kept messaging me over and over and over again, and I didn't respond. I thought it was kind of clear. And he went into this thing about, you know what? Your music sucks. I've listened to it, and it's fucking terrible, and it's so pathetic that someone who's 40 thinks that they should have a music career. Or I think he said wants to be a pop star, which I, I don't. I just want to have a music career. It's different. Um, but just went on this tirade about how terrible I was, how awful my music was, how I sounded terrible, how pathetic I was for trying this, that he laughs about me with his friends, that he wanted to fuck me out of pity. Right? Because gay men, reminder are terrible people who have been rejected and judged for so much of their lives that the only thing that they can do is lash out at other people. And I say that as someone who has in the past done that himself. Never like this, but I know that feeling. I know that feeling of being triggered and wanting to attack. I know it, so I get it, and I see it. Especially because it's like, hi, well, if you think I'm so pathetic, why were you... Why are you constant? Why have you been trying to fuck me for the last six months? You're just mad. I said no, I, and I just kept saying, "I am sorry that you were upset that I am not interested, but I don't think cruelty is deserved." And I didn't think I owed you a response. We never hooked up. We never really talked. I didn't know you anything. It's a hookup app, right? But he just went on and on and on and on. So I had to block him on. I had to block him everywhere because he kept following. I was like, oh, he's going to start commenting on my posts and I don't, I don't fucking need that. So, but yeah, it's just something I've noticed. So if you are 
one of those, well, never talk to anybody like that on an app because you may be talking to someone like me. And if I ever see you in person, you're going to have one of those confrontations in real life. And I promise you, it will not be comfortable for you. And you will not be as brave in person as you are behind your little fucking phone. So that's reason one. Reason two, try to try, try, have some level of self-awareness of like why things like that get you hot. Why seeing a gay person perform makes you feel a certain way. Why you'll avoid, why you'll walk into a bar, see someone singing, a gay person singing, and turn around and walk out. Because you don't do it for the girls, and you don't do it for the queens. But if a cis gay man is up on stage singing, you walk in, you walk out. Right? Think about that this week. Until next week, when I'll have something else to complain about.